Welcome to Confessions of a Free Bird Podcast. I'm your host, Lori James, a mother, divorcee, recovering caregiver, the author of Sandwiched, a memoir of holding on and letting go, a therapy junkie, relationship coach, somatic healer, and now podcaster. I'm a free spirit and here to lift you up. On this podcast, I'll share soulful confessions and empowering conversations with influential experts so you can learn to spread your wings and make the most of your second half. So pop in those earbuds, turn up the volume, and let's get inspired because my mission is to help you create your most joyful, purpose-driven life, one confession at a time. Hello, Freebirds. I wanted to start this first podcast episode diving in a little deeper and sharing with you who I am, an emotional issue I've struggled with for much of my life, and several tips on how I change this for myself and how you might change it for you too, because it's never too late to make the most of your second or third act in life. I like to start out each podcast with a confession. And today's is that I spent most of my life wanting and looking for belonging. So I looked up the definition of belonging and it is the feeling of security and support when there is a sense of acceptance, inclusion, and identity for a member of a certain group. It's when an individual can be their authentic self. I believe if you don't feel like you belong, you soon feel lonely. And if you're lonely, it's because you don't feel like you belong with your partner, your family, a social circle, or your work environment. I believe belonging and loneliness go hand in hand. A lack of belonging and loneliness dictated my choices and how I spent most of my life. I didn't share my loneliness with others. When I was in my teens and 20s, I could feel the emptiness within, but I couldn't really put words to what I was feeling. I had close friends, but I lacked confidence and I hid my emptiness and desire for more belonging behind a carefree and can-do attitude. So where did my lack of belonging come from? Well, let's start at the beginning. I was adopted at birth, and I was left in the hospital for three days, cared for by nurses, without much physical touch. I didn't have that initial bond with my mother in those early hours always felt my adopted mother's love, but from an unexplainable distance. My dad worked two jobs when I was little and was emotionally disconnected. I struggled through my adolescence. I didn't resemble my parents or my two older brothers. I was the only girl, and I also had to cope with emotional, physical, and sexual abuse as a child. So needless to say, I didn't feel like I belonged in or to my family. And therapy wasn't really a thing back then, so I didn't go to address these issues until my mid-40s. But better late than never. 
in my mid-20s when I was looking for a relationship and marriage like most young women my age and hoping to ease that loneliness. I met a guy one night in a dance club. He courted me over the next two years and we fell in love. We married, we started a family, we built a dream house together in SoCal Beach Community. In the early years of my marriage, I looked up to him. He was seven years older, a CPA, and had already had a successful career. I had worked as a recruiter and was pretty content in my life. I was looking at becoming a teacher, but for the first time, my loneliness subsided. My then husband was loyal, a hardworking guy, but as our family grew, his priority became his career and not me or helping raise the kids. With four kids under the age of five, I requested more help and support from him. He'd pitch in for a week or two and then go back to his old ways. So I turned to my mom for that extra support and childcare help. My then husband continued to climb the corporate ladder and we built a nice nest egg, but he would question my spending even though our net worth was growing and I shopped at Target, Gap and rarely bought clothes for myself or my family unless it was on sale. So I hid my clothes and soldiered on thinking this was normal, but it was a sign I should have paid attention to. In my mid-40s, I thought life would be smooth sailing. Instead, I was hit by an emotional two-by-four. My mother had a heart attack and suddenly needed care, and my dad was not able to care for her. A year later, my then-husband's lawyer delivered some pretty shocking news to me. He made a unilateral financial decision without even one conversation about it. Even though I knew about this financial situation from the beginning of our relationship, You'll have to read my book to learn exactly what happened. I felt so betrayed. I was under the assumption that there was transparency and trust in our marriage. What made it even worse was his reaction to my emotional response. I soon put myself into therapy and I struggled to get him to apologize for how he handled his decision and how hurtful his behavior was to me. It took a year of therapy for him to finally apologize, and even then it felt forced. I'd given 110% to my marriage and thought we were dividing and conquering, but his unilateral decision and his defiant and defensive reaction told me otherwise. And after 20 years of marriage, that was devastating to me because I'd prided myself on the fact that I was a trustworthy person. And that's when my familiar loneliness returned and the marriage and family I thought would keep me safe soon began to crumble. I suddenly found myself sandwiched, hence the title of my book, between being the primary sibling caring for my elderly parents, managing unruly caregivers, raising four teenage daughters, and trying to understand the choices that my husband made. As I searched for answers, I turned to therapy, yoga, rediscovered nature, and developed a strong female tribe. Writing soothed my soul. 
over the next seven-ish years, I examined my past, worked on healing the emotional effects of my adoption, and finally received answers to my mother's distance, which I'll share in a future episode. As the layers of my previous life began to peel away, I realized that I was the only one who could create the life I wanted and deserved. After my youngest daughters, who are a set of identical twins, left for college, five and a half years of therapy, and a whole lot of soul-searching, I finally left my marriage. That was five and a half years ago. And since then, I've created a new life for myself. That was over five and a half years ago. Since then, I've created a new life for myself. It's been one of the hardest things I've done, but it's also been one of the most rewarding. It took courage, strength, and tenacity that at times I didn't think I had. But honestly, it's also been one of the best things that's ever happened to me. In the last five years, I've written and published a book. I've become a certified life coach. I'm currently training to be a somatic practitioner. I started this podcast and I'm also part of a giving circle that pulls members' donation dollars together so we can give to LA-based nonprofits that are helping the most vulnerable in my community. And you know what? I would have never been able to do any of this if I stayed in that marriage. I'm not saying divorce is right for everybody, but it was right for me. Oh, and one of the best parts, after dating for several years, I found a great guy who was so kind and loving and funny. So I'm living proof that you can find belonging, love, happiness, and purpose at any stage in your life to find more of what you're yearning for. So here are some tips that I used and you can too to start finding more belonging in your life. I suggest starting with small changes and also ask yourself what you're yearning more for. First, we need to belong to ourselves. How can we do that? Three areas that you can work on to learn to belong to yourself. Excavate and extract. Ask yourself, what areas in your life are you unhappy with? You must be honest with yourself first. When you are honest with yourself, when you are honest with yourself, you can then be honest with others. Quick story, when my ex and I first started having real issues, I didn't want to see him for who he was or what he had done and how he betrayed me. I kept trying to see the good in him, but you know what? He kept showing me who he was over and over. So as Oprah says, when someone shows you who they are, listen. Number two, document what's going on. Write down what specifically you'd like to be different in your life. Can you change the way you view that situation and accept it or them as they are or the situation as it is? Or do you need to change your situation? Because remember, we only have control over our reactions and choices. We don't have control over what others do. A quick story about documenting 
our journeys in writing. I began writing my book before I left my marriage. I called it the Caregiver Chronicles because I was trying to make sense of all the crazy caregivers that were coming in and out of my parents' life and how they were treating us. I would never identify myself as a writer, but it was such a healing modality for me. And it also surprised me about what would come up when I started writing. It also allowed me to see my part in the situation because we contribute to every situation. Awareness is the first step in changing. The third piece along this lines is shift. Ask yourself, what do you want? Ask yourself, and how can you change? A quick story is after I left my marriage, I said yes to everything. I said yes to dating. About six months after I left my marriage, I said yes to my friends. I said yes to personal growth work. I said yes to travel. And I was also going through a difficult divorce. And I ended up in the hospital because even though I was doing a lot of the things that I wanted to, I was stressed. Two weeks before this happened, I even told a good friend, I'm stressed and I didn't know how to back out of it. Our life is always giving us information, but we need to stop and listen. We need to stop and ask ourselves, what do we want? But also, what is our body telling us? What is the universe telling us? And that's part of trusting your intuition. And I can't emphasize this enough. Our intuition, God, the universe is always giving us little messages in life. They typically start out as little whispers. Sometimes they turn into a tap on the shoulder. Then they become a little nudge, but they continue to get louder and louder until, in my case, it had to become a two by four that knocked me on the ground literally because I passed out. I developed vertigo before I went into the hospital and it took me four to six months to fully recover. So I'm getting better at listening now and I'm encouraging you to also listen. The other really important thing is we need to belong to a social circle outside us. We're social creatures and we thrive when we belong to a social circle outside of our home and outside of work. When I was still in my marriage and I was feeling very lonely and betrayed by my husband's actions, one of the things I did is I really started building that female tribe. I joined an energy group, which was incredible, also a little woo-woo, and I continue to use things from that class today, both for myself and my clients. 
But building that female tribe became a necessary lifeline. And I'm still close with those gals today. They not only helped me through my divorce, they were there for me when I fell ill and was in the hospital and couldn't do anything for myself. They came and made me meals. They stayed with me. They took me to the doctors. Relationships matter, but so does connection. If the pandemic has taught us anything is that we need connection. I love this book called Together by Vivek Murthy because he talks about three dimensions of relationships that researchers have identified that we seek in order to feel less alone. The first is intimate or emotional relationships. And that's the longing for a close confidant, an intimate partner, someone to share a deep bond or affection with. The second is, as I mentioned earlier, the relational or social relationships. It's that yearning for quality friendships and social companionship and support. And the third is collective relationships. It's our desire for a network or community of people who share our sense of purpose or interest. So that could be work, volunteer work, congregations, or temples. We are humans and we thrive when we have meaningful connections to each other. I'm an example of how you can be in a relationship, have family, and be in a community and still feel lonely. And I think there's a lot of people out there that are find themselves in that situation What's most important is the quality of our connections and how we feel about them that truly matter. Sometimes our childhood or adult experiences can cause trauma that can affect how close we allow ourselves to get to others. And I'll dig into this topic in more detail in one of my future podcasts as well. But continue to build friendships. They are so important. Lastly, Keep a growth mindset, stay curious, and be kind to others. When we stop learning is when we stop growing. Effort is required to build new skills, but it's so good for our brain. Find inspiration in others' success instead of find inspiration in others' success instead of feeling threatened by it. Accept constructive feedback from others. And failures are just detours sending us in a better direction. So continue to pick up hobbies. Go back to what you, something you wanted to do as a child that you gave up. One client I have is an incredible ballet dancer and it's made her so strong. Pick up a new sport. I love pickleball. It's my favorite new obsession. Like water, if we become stagnant, there is little activity or change. So we want to flow with that river. If we are flowing with the river, we are moving. And so that isn't allowing us to become stagnant, grow moss or algae. And don't be afraid to make mistakes. As I said earlier, if something doesn't work out, It's just guiding you to a better path. Find something that's meaningful in life. 
as we get older, most of us want to give back to others unless you've given so much without replenishing yourself, which I'm guilty of in the past, then give to yourself first. So how can you do these things? Stay curious about the world around you. There's this really wonderful Japanese concept called Ikigai. It's the concept that combines the Japanese terms Iki meaning alive or life and Gai meaning benefit or worth. When we combine these terms, that means which gives you life worth, meaning, or purpose. Its four principles allow you to create the life you desire. The four principles are what you love, what the world needs, what you are good at, and what you can get paid for. I'll put a link in the show notes. Combining those four things creates your ikigai, and it's a great exercise to do when you're trying to find something that you can do to make money, but also have it have meaning, purpose, so it doesn't feel like work. You can also start by taking my core values exercise, which there's a link in the show notes to work with a life coach to find out what you are passionate about and how to find more joy and happiness in your life. And lastly, be kind to yourself and others. You never know what someone else's story is, so start with kindness. I always tell my clients and friends, tell yourself the same things you would tell your best friend if they were going through what you are. We are so incredibly hard on ourselves and we need to change that negative self-talk. So just to recap some tips that I've used to combat loneliness and belonging. First, you must belong to yourself. Ways to do that is to excavate and extract what areas of your life you are unhappy with. Document it, write it down, what specifically you don't like in your life and what you want to be different. Third, look at ways where you can shift your perspective or change your situation and trust that intuition that you have. Second, find a social circle to belong to. We are social creatures and we need individuals in our life that we can rely on and trust. And third, keep a growth mindset. Stay curious about the world around you. Pick up a new sport. Go back to something that you used to do that you loved. Find something that's meaningful in life because as we get older, it's so important to give back. And meet yourself where you are and be kind to yourself and also kind to others. So I hope this information helped you find more belonging and ease some of your loneliness so that way you can find more freedom and joy and happiness today and the days to come. Thank you for listening to this episode of Confessions of a Free Bird. I'm grateful to be in your ears and hearts. If you're interested in becoming a free bird, I'd love to support you. 
please check out my website at laurieejames.com to learn how we can work together or to sign up for my newsletter so you can receive tips on how to date and relationship differently and ultimately find more freedom and joy in your life. If you found this podcast helpful, please follow or subscribe, rate and review and share it with friends so they can find more freedom in their second or third act also. Until next time.